Well, welcome to Raider Church. My name is Clayton Walker. I'm the pastor here at Raider Church. Pumped you guys are joining us tonight. If it's your first time, we are pumped you're here too. And, and before we get started, before we jump in, two things. First, got to congratulate our Red Raider basketball team headed to the Sweet 16. It was incredible. Uh, I was down there, uh, my, my brother and I uh, had tickets and we were able to kind of move down and basically be on the, the front row, like right behind the media. And I was filming like the last second thing that was happening, like that last shot that, that we made where uh, Keenan ooped it to, to Zaire and he dunked it and I was filming it and watching it happen and I filmed it and he dunked it and then my brother just kind of hit me. And so I was just kind of like, you know, just hit by my big, my, my brother, he's not, he's my little brother, but he's a big dude. And, and he just, he just hit me and like grabbed me and shook me. And so it was exciting uh, to be there right after the game was over. Uh, my brother was like, um, Hey, hold on a second. I, I got to do something real quick. And I was like, uh, okay. And I noticed he got on his phone and literally within a few minutes, he had it saved. He booked his flights and uh, his home away or his Airbnb in Boston. And so he's headed there this weekend. I will not be joining him, but he will be headed uh, to the Sweet 16 in Boston. Very fortunate little punk is all I got to say. So... <laughs> Uh, so, so that's, that's the first thing. Second thing, I want to welcome those of you watching uh, with this online right now. We are pumped you're joining us as well. And just have a quick word for you. Uh, we, we do this broadcast so you can get a taste of Raider Church that hopefully... You'll come, you'll walk in through these doors and be here with us uh, right here to, to worship with us and, and to get to know other followers of Jesus. And if you're a regular here at Raider Church, or maybe you're regularly here normally, but you're watching online tonight, we, we're pumped you're joining us. Just want you to know uh, that we, we want you to be here though, because it's, it's in being here and rubbing shoulders with people and getting connected uh, with other followers of Jesus that will really produce the life change in your life. So we provide this. It's great for parents to watch, uh, to see what you guys are involved in and what you're getting here. And it's great for people to kind of get a first exposure of regular church, but we want you to be here in person so that you can get to know other people so that your life can, uh, excuse me, so that your life can be changed on a daily basis as you get to know other followers of Jesus. Well, tonight we are starting a new series called Chasing Lions. And this kind of started a year ago, about a year ago, um, I was in Africa. I was at this worldwide church planting conference in, in, uh, in, in East Africa. And so we were in Kenya and there was people from all over Africa and the Middle East. And, and it was, we were talking about and doing training in church planting and church planting movements. And, and I got to share a little bit about uh, what we've seen happen here and, and, and had leaders from all over the world pray over me and some of our leaders. It was, it was powerful. But during that trip, we went on an African safari. And so we're driving in this Jeep. It's got kind of the top kind of elevates up so that you can stand on this, these platforms and, and look out the top. And so you're, you're driving uh, around um, Africa and you're seeing all this huge like wild game. And it was amazing. And so we're, we're driving down the road and I'm seeing like all these carcasses, like all, all, all over the, the, uh, the landscape. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, well, well, you know, is this so, so like the, the lions that are here, they just, you know, they just kill the, you know, the animals right here and, and, and eat. And it's like, yeah, I mean, when they're hungry, they, they find an animal, you know, and they, they kill it and, and they eat. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So 
we're like here, we're, we're here kind of in the wild. Like, are we going to see any lions? And they're like, well, we might if we're lucky. And I'm like, if we're lucky, if we're lucky, we'll see some lions. Okay. I'm, I don't quite understand it, but sure enough, we come driving down the road and here's what I see. This baby coming right down the road and we're elevated out of the top of this thing, but lions can run up to 35 miles an hour and jump 30 feet in a single bound. And so I'm thinking, is this guy gonna come up and like jump on top of the car if he's hungry and we're his next meal? Is he just gonna come and jump like on top of the car and, and, and eat us just like right out of the car? Like I, I am scared to death watching this guy. Right now he's about 15 yards away. And I'm literally like, I got chills all over, like the hair on my arms, the back of my neck, all this is standing up because I am totally freaked out. He comes walking up right beside the car right here. I could literally reach out and spank his butt if I wanted to right now. I mean, that's how close he was to me. I was totally freaking out, like thinking we may be the next carcass on the side of the road uh, that this lion consumes. And so we saw this, and it was this, one of the scariest moments in my life, seeing this lion come right down the road, like right at us, and then I'm hanging over the car, and he literally walks like right underneath me, scared me to death. And here's the thing. You and I are going to face lions in this life that will try to scare us away from our God-given destiny. You will, you're gonna face lions in your life and the way that you respond to those scary lions will determine your destiny, will determine whether you experience God's best or not. And in the Bible, we see a guy in one of the shortest biographies on a man in the Bible by the name of Benaniah who faces a lion and kills it. He doesn't run away. He actually chases after it and kills it. And so if you got a Bible, turn with me, 2 Samuel 23. We're gonna read about Benaiah and how he chased down this lion and what God did as a result in his life since he didn't run away, but he chased after this lion. So if you don't have a Bible to go to RaiderChurch.com on your phone, you can follow along with us. These verses are intense. It's exciting. There is nothing boring about these verses or what we're talking about tonight. This stuff is intense. And so I want you to follow along with us. So go there if you don't have a Bible and follow right along. Second Samuel verse, or chapter 23, starting in verse 20. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior, from the tribe of Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, watch this, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once armed with only a club, he killed an imposing Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors in Israel. So Benaiah faces a lion and instead of running away, which is what most of us would do. In fact, if I hadn't have been in that Jeep when I saw that lion, 
I wouldn't have just stood there watching it, like watching it get closer to me. I would have run away as fast as I could. Like that's just what your brain tells you to do when you're facing a lion is to run away. Normal people run away when they see a lion, but not Benaiah. Benaiah was wired differently. I mean, if we had been watching this scene unfold in a movie and we saw Benaiah come up on this lion, we would be yelling at him like you do in a scary movie, right? Run away. Don't go upstairs. Don't go into that room. Why are you going into the attic? Run away. Leave the house. Run away. I mean, that's what we would be telling Benaiah. Would it, why would you chase down the lion? It would make no sense to normal, rational people. But Benaiah is wired differently and he chases after the lion and kills it. You see, here's what's so incredible about God. God is the best at strategically positioning you in the right place and in the right time to experience his best. To live your God-ordained destiny. He's the best. He's the best at getting you where you need to be at the right time in the right place. But here's the catch. Watch this. Here's the catch. The right place often seems like the wrong place. And the right time often seems like the wrong time. The right place often seems like the wrong place and the right time often seems like or the right time often seems like the wrong time. You see that's the the catch. And I can prove it to you with Benaiah because the very next verse, verse 23 says this, watch. It says, and David, King David in Israel made him, Benaiah, captain of his bodyguard. I mean, you gotta admit, killing a lion in a pit on a snowy day looks pretty good on a resume. Like if you're David and you're looking through resumes for someone to be the captain of your bodyguard, like is going to guard you and keep you safe and defend you from attackers. Someone who killed a lion looks pretty good on a resume. Like you can flip through the resumes and then you get to Benaiah's and it's like, I found it, search is over, I'm done. We can throw the rest of them away. I found a guy who chased down a lion and killed it. I'm going with him to be the captain of my bodyguard. It looks really good on a resume to be a bodyguard. And so here's what you have to understand. Most of us would see this 500 pound lion as a 500 pound problem. And if we were watching this unfold in a movie, we'd say, oh man, what a bad break. What bad luck for Benaiah. But here's the thing about God. God is great at turning bad breaks into big breaks. God is great at turning your bad break into a big break. I mean, that's what happened with Benaiah. Bad break, dude, facing a 500 pound lion, like you're his carcass, like he's gonna eat you and you're gonna be the carcass on the side of the road. Sorry, dude, bad break, bad luck. But Benaiah is wired differently. He doesn't run away from the lion, he's a lion chaser. And because of that, he steps into his God-ordained destiny, into God's best for his life, and God turns that bad break 
because of the way Beniah responded into Beniah's big break. Mark Battison said in his book, which this series is based off, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, he said this, God is always using past experiences to prepare us for future opportunities. But those God-given opportunities often come disguised as man-eating lions. And how we react when we encounter those lions will determine our destiny. You see, you're going to face some scary lions, some tough decisions, some fearful situations. And it's oftentimes those times, those wrong time, the wrong place seems as though that's the way it is. But God is going to use that moment, that bad break and turn it into a big break. And how you respond in those moments will determine, Mark said, whether you experience and live out your God-ordained destiny. So we can run in fear or we can step into our God-ordained destiny by facing and seizing the God-ordained opportunity. You see, the greatest opportunities in your life will often look like the scariest lions. And it would be easy to play it safe, but taking no risks is the greatest risk of all. You know, later in life, you'll be able to look back and you'll be able to see that a lot of the defining moments in your life doubled as the scariest moments in your life. Four years ago, a church here in town called Experience Life started Raider Church with the desire to have a church here at Tech, close to Tech, to reach college students. And so I'll never forget the very first night we started Raider Church. Mark was leading worship and, and we were meeting at Experience Life's downtown campus, just less than a mile from here in downtown Lubbock. And that first night, we were scared to death. Like, what have we done? No one's going to show up. Uh, no one's going to be here. This was stupid. Like, we've stepped out here, and we've done all this work, and, and we've gotten this together to start this new thing, and no one's... I mean, we literally, in the lobby, I remember we felt like we were going to throw up because we were so scared. It seemed like a great idea for the weeks and the months leading up to it, but the night of, it was like, what did we get ourselves into how did, why did we do this? This is going to be an absolute failure. And then the time came to start and person after person showed up and it overflowed that small worship center. And there were people sitting in the lobby in every chair we could find in the whole building. People were sitting on top of countertops and, and watching a, a TV screen in a, in a lobby because so many people showed up to the very first night. We had to move Raider Church to Eli's Southwest campus location that could hold about a thousand people. And, and that week that we moved thinking, gosh, we're going so far away from the campus. We didn't know what else to do though, because it, we, were, we had overflowed that building. We thought it was gonna be so far away, no, no one's gonna be able to come. And, and we grew by a hundred or two the next week. 
We met there a couple of weeks and, and we decided, we thought, you know what? The vision for this was always to be on Tech's campus. We have some momentum right now. Why not move to the Citibank Auditorium right there on Tech's campus, right across from Jones Stadium. Let's move there so that we can be close to the campus. And so a couple of weeks after that, we decided to move to this facility that we rent out each week and we set up and, and we tear down. But in that move, we knew that we would need a lot of sound and lights and video and, and all kinds of stuff in order to have a, a mobile church set up on Tuesday nights. And so we rented a lot of stuff in the beginning because we didn't just have all this money on hand to purchase all this kind of equipment that costs a lot of money. And so we were renting but we knew we, we couldn't rent indefinitely. It was just, it didn't make sense. And so I'll never forget our pastor, Chris and I, one December kind of threw down the, the challenge that in the next month, we're gonna raise $100,000. And we're gonna buy everything that we need in order to do this so that we don't have to pay rent of equipment and materials and things like that anymore. And so I thought, how are we gonna do this? In one month, we're gonna raise that much money. It scared me half to death. But we started talking with family and friends and, and businesses and little by little and chunk by chunk, we raised over $100,000 in about a month time to purchase everything that we use here each week. And then as Raider Church began to be kind of its own thing and we were making it more self-sustaining so that no church or anybody was having to fund this and we could fund it ourselves, we started raising money to pay for all the ministry costs for Raider Church. And then the staff that was going to join Raider Church decided that they were going to have to raise their own salaries like a missionary would just to be a part of Raider Church. And so Mark and Spencer, our media guy, and, and other staff have raised support and others who are looking to come on our staff are, are going to boot camps and getting training and things like that in order to raise support to join our staff for this growing church. You might think, why would, why would anyone do all those things like that? That sounds like a lot and, and, and scary like to raise that, that, that kind of money and to have your salary based on other people's support. And, and, and why, why would you do something like that? And I'll tell you why. Because in a little over four years, we can now look back and see that 674 students have committed their life to Christ through Raider Church. I'm, my mic must not be working right now. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't know if y'all just heard that. 674 students have committed their life to Christ here at Raider Church in the last four years. I mean, we look at that and we're absolutely floored. We, can, we can't believe that. Most of us have never seen anything like that in our lives, in the churches we grew up in or that we've been a part of. We've got right now, we've got 50 to, to 60 students in groups that are training to go to the nations and to be missionaries and unreached people groups one day. 
We've seen students who were addicted to drugs and alcohol or, or porn or whatever it might be, receive freedom as they begin to walk with Jesus and no longer be addicted to those things. We've seen students who are depressed and suicidal receive freedom through Christ and no longer be depressed or, or suicidal anymore. We, we've seen Students who are so completely broken see their lives absolutely turned around because of Jesus and what he's doing here. And so when we look back, all of those scary situations along the way, we can look back and say, yes, those things were scary, but they were also the defining moments in our lives and the defining moments in Raider Church's history in life. The way that you respond when you face that scary lion will determine whether you step into God's ordained destiny for you. Whether you step into God's best for you. It's easier to play it safe, but taking no risks is the greatest risk of all. Mark again said in his book, lion chasers are proactive. They know that playing it safe is risky. Lion chasers are always on the lookout for God-ordained opportunities. Maybe we've measured spiritual maturity the wrong way. Maybe following Christ isn't supposed to be as safe or as civilized as we've been led to believe. Maybe Christ was more dangerous and uncivilized than our Sunday school flannel graphs portrayed. Maybe God is raising up a generation of lion chasers. And man, that's my prayer. And my hope for all of you is that you will be lion chasers. You won't run away when you face the lion. You will chase it just like Benaiah did into that pit and kill it and conquer it. How many of you guys have seen the movie Lion King? Okay, I, th I think almost every one of us have. So, so then you're familiar with the storyline where Scar, Simba's uncle, scares Simba because of believing that Simba believing that he killed his dad or he was responsible for his dad's death and, and Scar being so much bigger than him and so much more intimidating than him scares him off where Simba leaves the position that he was supposed to take in the pride to be the Lion King. But Scar wants to be king, and so he scares Simba off, and, and Simba takes off, and, and, and he, he goes away, he goes into hiding, and Scar takes over as king. And while Simba is away, and he grows up a little bit, he has an encounter with his dad. You know what I'm talking about? You remember what I'm talking about? He has this encounter with his dad, and his dad tells him this message in the clouds. He says this, you have forgotten Mufasa. It's an incredible lion name, isn't it? He says, you have forgotten who you are and have forgotten me. You are more than what you have become. Remember 
who you are. You are my son. Remember who you are. You are my son. So Simba, after being reminded of who he is, and that it was his destiny to be the Lion King, goes back, fights Scar, defeats him, and takes his place as king. You know, the Bible says that the devil, Satan, is a prowling lion looking for people to devour. The Bible says about Satan that he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And he does that with two tactics. He does it in two ways, much like Scar did with Simba. Number one, with shame. The devil will remind you of your past mistakes, the way that you've messed up last month or, or last week. The Bible also calls the devil the accuser. That the devil will accuse you of the things that you've done in your past, the ways that you've messed up. And so the devil will try to take you out and lead you away and neutralize you from the destiny that God has for you through shame. He'll accuse you of the things that you've done wrong. Secondly, he'll do it with fear. Through your sick circumstances, through your situation, he'll, he'll try to scare you and put you back on your heels so that maybe you go from being active in the kingdom of God to being passive. And then from maybe just being passive in the kingdom of God to running away useless. That's the way the devil works. He's a prowling lion. He wants to take you out. He wants to neutralize you in the kingdom of God. And he's going to do it through shame and he's going to do it through fear. But I want to remind you of who you are tonight. Because maybe you've forgotten. You know, the Bible says if you're a follower of Jesus, you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And Christ in you, Colossians says, is your hope of glory. Christ in you is your hope. And the Bible calls Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah. So the one that's in you, Christ, and, and you are in Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So the lion lives in you and, and you live in the lion. And so because the lion lives in you, Christ in you, Christ through you, you can conquer your shame and your fear and you can chase that lion into that pit just like Benaiah did. You know, on that trip in Africa, when that lion had walked by me, he got a little bit further down the road and he stopped and he kind of turned around and looked at us. And when he turned around and looked at us, here's what he did next. 
I don't know if you can tell what he's doing here, but he's squatting and pooping. He's taking a dump. And um, he's looking back at us while he's doing it. And so this lion that I had been so scared of as it was coming and I just gotten so, I gotten chills. It gets past us, it turns around, it looks at us and then it just takes a squat and poops. And I just died laughing. The lion that scared me before and gave me chills before, I was now laughing at. And the only thing that changed was my perspective. My prayer, my hope for you tonight is that maybe your perspectives shifts a little bit about your bad breaks or the things that you're afraid of or the situation, the scary situation you find yourself in and that you'll have some hope tonight. Christ in you will give you hope tonight because the, the lion lives in you. And watch this, because the lion lives in you, you can chase the lions around you. Because the lion lives in you, you can face the, the lions that confront you and that you face, you can chase them just like Benaiah did and you too can be a lion chaser. Let's stand. Our band's gonna lead us in a time of, of worship and we're just gonna sing and, and thank God for the hope that we have in Christ. Revelation 5, verse five, John said this, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne has won the victory. So can I tell you tonight, stop, stop weeping. Stop complaining. You can stop crying. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah has won the victory. Jesus has won the victory through his death on the cross. The Bible says sin, death, where is your sting? They've been swallowed up in victory. And so, because the lion lives in you and, and you are in the lion, you can face the lions around you. God is turning your bad breaks into big breaks. God is turning your past experiences and mistakes into your future God-ordained destiny. And so let's worship the lion of the tribe of Judah tonight. Let's worship the lion because through him in us and us in him, that is our hope tonight. So Jesus, we worship you and we thank you for living in us and for us being in you and reminding us of who we are tonight, God, that we are your children. And so we can face the lions this week. 